Welcome everyone, I'm Jeffrey Goodman, Director of Marketing and Development for the YMCA of Northwest Louisiana, and we're here at 318 Latino Studios for Shreveport Bossier, my city, my community, my home. And we have a super special guest today. It is Dr. Robert Smith. Dr. Good Smith, Good thanks afternoon. for being here. Really, really appreciate it. Good well, to see you. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Of course. I'm excited. Thank you, thank you, me too. Well, we'll hop into your world. Um, and if I get anything wrong today, please feel free to correct me. But you came to Shreveport after serving six years as provost of Valdosta State University in Georgia. That's correct. And you once said, um, this was your quote I pulled, you once said, LSUS is one of the few institutions, regional universities, that you can find in this country that is not struggling. Yes. So let's start here today. Um, in doing research on you, I came across this term. I'd never heard it before. So talk to me about what is meant by the quote-unquote enrollment cliff. So we know that uh, during the Great Recession, many fewer babies were born. And that means there's going to be in 2025, which is only a year away in terms of enrollment, uh, many fewer 18-year-olds, traditional college-age students coming. So there's uh, an enrollment cliff with regard to what would normally be considered our, our, our big uh, university's largest uh, clientele. And when you say the period when less babies were had, so what period in history are we talking about? Uh, the Great Recession, so 2008, uh, 2009, in that range. And so now they're coming up to being 18-year-olds, uh, being and there are many fewer of them. And so a lot of universities are having great difficulty uh, or expecting great difficulty in, 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 uh, in recruiting a, a normal-sized class. And I read, I read where LSUS has the most graduate students of any university in Louisiana. We do. So talk to me, if you could, about how LSUS has been successful in avoiding the enrollment cliff. So, you know, I, I have to give credit to uh, uh, Chancellor Emeritus Larry Clark and to the faculty and staff and leadership that's been in place for some years. They had the foresight to look at online programs, this is even before COVID, and, and look at programs that would be in great demand, and they rolled them out uh, to wild success. So uh, you, you just met your, your staff member a moment ago who is one of our alums from the MBA program. Uh, we have an incredible number of students in our MBA program, about 4,000, and we have about 1,000 students in our Master's of Health administration programs. So these are these these are programs that are uh, in demand uh, from students in the area and from around the world. So we get we actually get students in these programs who come all the way to Shreveport for commencement, having never set foot in Louisiana in their lives. They want to come to meet the faculty and to see the campus from which they're graduating. And for people who are not technology savvy at all and hear the word online class. So what, what does that look like? Does that mean I'm, I'm consuming a lecture at the same time as all my fellow classmates? Or how, do, how does that work exactly? No, typically these are asynchronous. So that, the, so the, and this is what makes them uh, 
you know, very popular among uh, among uh, students who work full time. They can they can listen to the lectures if there are recorded lectures or read the materials when it's convenient for them to do so. So I was talking with some of the faculty in the MBA program just this just this morning, and they were saying a, a lot of their their questions come on weekends when when our students are able to do those materials. So you know a lot of people will confuse. Uh, online programs for what used to be correspondence courses, you know, where they're just canned and they're wound up. It's not at all what our programs are. So, in in fact, I, uh, in fact, I've I've talked to any number of students who have told me they're surprised by just how much interaction there is between the faculty uh, in the courses and 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 the students. And the idea is that that. Uh, that there are many, many more opportunities for interaction than there are even in a face-to-face -face class. So explain that. How does that work? Like, what does an interaction look like between a student and a faculty member? Yeah, so uh, a lot of the times it, it takes place through what's called a discussion forum. So every student might, in, in a typical class, every student might be required to make so many posts to the discussion forum. Then there's interactions between and among the students, and the faculty member will jump in. The students can uh, can uh, contact through the learning management system, uh, not just not through email, but within the confines of the course. Ask a question, uh, and other students might be able to see that. Maybe it's a private question to the faculty member. But there's actually, in my view, much more and much more personal interaction. Because think about it this way: a face-to-face -face class, if it meets Monday, Wednesday, Friday at ten in the morning. Your opportunity to interact with that faculty member is limited to Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 in the morning, and whatever office hours and appointments you might be able to make. But with a virtual class, there the sky's the limit. You can contact these people. And uh, the faculty members, again, just today were reminding me they get, they get requests for, for uh, help right through the weekends. And my wife actually teaches not for LSUS, uh, but she teaches for Penn State online and has for many years. And, uh, and, and the amount of interaction she has, uh, I would argue, would be much greater per, per student. And it's personalized uh, than it is, you know, you, where you, if you want to meet the faculty member, you go to their office hours at the appropriate time, you go to class the appropriate time. If that's not convenient, you miss an opportunity. In the virtual world for online classes, you have... You, you have no limits as to when you can contact the faculty. They may not be sitting there reading your post or reading your, your email contact, but as soon as they do, they'll get back to you. So you have very, very quick uh, answers to questions. And how does it work? Are you notified when, like, if, you, if, if you're part of this discussion forum, are you notified when a new response comes in or... How, do, how does that conversation so it's, it's, work? It's set up differently for different people and different uh, learning management systems. And so you, uh, you know, an instructor might ask to be notified of every post. Uh, on the other hand, uh, they they just check. They may just check in regularly. So uh, and some will have those posts uh, or those those contacts uh, sent to their email, so they get a ping on their email, and they know right away, ah, oh, student's waiting for a question. I know we can be out shopping or out hiking, and my wife will say, you know, oh, I got to, I got when I, we get back, I've got to get back to this, got to get back to the student, they're having a problem with the assignment. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's, it's, it's not what I would have thought either, so no. it helps to kind of have that additional color and uh, clarification, so I appreciate it. Certainly.
I believe in, in preparing for today's conversation, I believe one of the goals of the administration is to attract more face-to-face students. Yes. So talk to me about some of the challenges the university, uh, LSUS, faces in achieving that goal. Sure. So outside of the, the enrollment cliff that's coming up in 2025, uh, it, you know, um, the, the, the challenge is that we are uh, a campus that doesn't have residence halls, but we do have uh, housing. Uh, and we don't, ha- we, we, we don't have meal plans, but we do have food on campus. And so we're changing that dynamic a little bit. So, uh, and this is a sneak preview. This is the first time I've said this publicly, uh, but we're going to be announcing in the next couple weeks meal plans for the first time. So students will be able to buy into a meal plan uh, wh- whether they live on campus or off campus or whatever, and there'll be a number of levels at which they can buy it in. They can pay for it with their financial aid, uh, and because it's a meal plan, uh, the food that they're purchasing will be purchased uh, without tax assi- assigned to it. So it's a real advantage for students, and our students have been asking for it. And so we spent a little bit of time working that out. So we're, we're, we're making it easier for students to come to Shreveport, to stay in Shreveport, uh, and to, to stay on campus or, or, or close to campus. I think we also um, need to look at, at more programs that attract new students uh, that, that are workforce ready. So in other words, they're going to prepare students for uh, clear workforce needs. And we just had two, uh, two approved by our Board of Supervisors just in December, and it will go to the Board of Regents um, in, in Baton Rouge in uh, a month or so. Uh, and these are programs that are, are meeting current needs in healthcare in this community, and they're both master's degree programs, and we're going uh, to roll those out for, for I, I hope for fall, we'll have them ready to go. And, and, and I think we're looking at other programs. Uh, so without, uh, without uh, giving away the programs that we're working on, one it, we've already said publicly is nursing. Uh, this is something we've put in our, uh, a few years ago in our, uh, our program forecast. And uh, I've, I've been out in the community. I've spoken with the CEOs of two of our medical centers here in Shreveport. And as you know, uh, this community is a major hub for healthcare, and uh, both of them told me right off the bat their their biggest challenge is hiring nurses. And we know this: there's a, a national shortage of nurses, and uh, so we have an LPN program, which is a licensed practical nurse program. We, we and it's very very good program. It's an 11 month program. It's uh, it's it's very ra- very fast paced. But we would like to add uh, a bachelor of science degree in nursing, a BSN RN program. Um, and um, we, we think that the demand is clearly there, uh, and the, the challenge is going to be, there's, there's two challenges uh, in starting a nursing program. One is finding faculty, uh, because the, the faculty for a bachelor's program in nursing has to have a master's degree in nursing, uh, and those are in tremendous demand, too. The MSN nurse practitioners are in incredible demand right now, but um, we've been talking uh, with uh, LSU Health in Shreveport about helping us to find some of those faculty. The, uh, the other issue is clinical sites. And, and again, uh, we think we will be able to find adequate clinical sites right here in Shreveport as well. So I, I, I'm, it's clearly one of our priorities that we, uh, 
we articulated uh, a year or two ago, and it's one that I really want to run with. Uh, I've had nursing programs reporting to me in each of my last three institutions from the time that I was a dean. And if we can uh, meet a community need uh, and meet students' interests, uh, it's a win for the community. It's a win for, for LSU Shreveport. Makes perfect sense. And this wasn't a set question, but as you're talking, I'm thinking about it. So talk a little bit about the the relationship between LSUS and LSU Health. Like, what is, what? is how does that work? And what, what, just, just what does that relationship look like? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question. And I get asked that question quite a bit. Um, so we are separate institutions under the umbrella of LSU. Uh, they, we have separate chancellors over at the health campus and, and here. At the health campus, uh, it is, uh, it's not a comprehensive university. It's focused on healthcare. The medical school is there. Uh, they have other uh, undergraduate and graduate programs all in allied health and other healthcare-related areas. Uh, some of the programs are programs that are jointly operated by LSU and Shreveport. So we do cooperate quite a bit. Uh, there's, there's interactions between their faculty and our faculty. And uh, while we're a comprehensive university, L LSU and Shreveport is a, is a comprehensive university. Uh, they are focused on specifically on healthcare. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I never even thought to... I never even thought about how you were co-joined. Um, it, it's uh, it, and it's a great, and I will tell you too, it's a really great relationship. I see the the chancellor, Dr. David Guzik, uh, from LSU Health, all the time, and uh, we we are uh, plotting our uh, our collaborations. And, and he, he and he actually teaches for us, by the way. Interesting. He teaches in one of our graduate programs. So, <laughs> and he's been here. He's been one of our guests. So, uh, oh yes, okay, that's yeah, great. And it's been great to have him, and now great to have you. Um, so, at the at the end of May 2023, I think you were named the new chancellor of LSU Shreveport. Yes. In addition to all you've mentioned and all that we've discussed so far, just talk to me if you could about some of your priorities and initiatives. So um, what, what I, I, I want to, um, you know, I made a, made a career out of uh, listening carefully for really good ideas uh, and taking the best of them and running with them. So I'm actually on in probably the middle uh, of a long process of meeting with every employee group and every academic department uh, to try to hear from them uh, a couple of things. And I tell them, there's really two categories in which I want to uh, want you to give me some ideas. One is areas that you're really proud of, uh, things that you think we do really well that uh, you want me to be talking about when I'm out and about in the community as I am today, uh, and then areas of concern. So I'm, I'm spending the time to hear from the the people in the trenches, as it were, right, who are actually doing all the work as staff and faculty on our campus to hear how we might do things better and to look at those, thing, the, those things through the lens of my long experience in higher ed. Um, I, I see LSU in Shreveport is a fantastic institution. And, and, and I'll tell you, uh, before I came here, I sat down with my president at Valdosta State and, uh, and, and he, he said to me, do you, do you realize how fortunate you are? And, and, and I asked him, well, what, 
what, what do you mean exactly? And he said, well, he said, you're one of the very few new presidents or chancellors starting this year uh, who's not walking into declining enrollment, struggling budgets, and you are just so fortunate. I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. I am. I feel very fortunate. And, and, and I've landed in a community, and one of my priorities is to, um, is to get to know uh, the business community, uh, get to know uh, folks over at Barksdale. So I've been I've been over at Barksdale Air Force Base. I was yesterday at the uh, at the MAC, the Military Military Affairs Council uh, lunch. Get to know those people and and try to see what it is we can do for the community. Because I, you know I see I see the future of Shreveport and the future of LSU in Shreveport as as uh, inexorably just tied together. We're, we're both going to be successful together. And I, and I see a comprehensive university as a resource for the community. And, and, and certainly, uh, it, it's critical that, uh, that we're educating students from the community and hopefully to go back to work in this community. But also, I, th I see us as a, as, uh, as a resource to, uh, to the community. So in, in, in a past life at another institution, I helped to stand up something we called uh, the Center for South Georgia Regional Impact, where uh, we, we were very deliberate about how we would interact with the business community and, and the nonprofit community and bring their problems back to our faculty experts and a lot of times our student experts too. So students in our MBA program or our master's uh, in, uh, in, in another area might work with those Nonprofits, for example, we have an institute for nonprofit studies. You you may be aware. I sit on the board. You sit on the board. Yeah. So, um, you, you know, this is not a common thing for a university. And we we hosted a meeting this morning uh, for uh, for the Blue Cross Foundation uh, with with people in uh, in the nonprofit community from all over Northwest Louisiana, and we hosted it on our campus. Uh, and the the message. That I that I heard clearly from them was this is the best turnout we've ever had, and, and my response is well come on back to LSUS next year and the year after and the year after and to the extent that we can facilitate uh, these interactions uh, be great we have a we have a really dynamic uh, director as you know of and that she, institute she's been a guest and too, she's Dr. Carpenter <laughs> Heather Carpenter is a force of nature um, and we're and, a big fan of INR here uh, we've. We've talked about them numerous That's times. That's great. And, and, and it's, it's ways like this in which we can impact positively the quality of life in the community, the ability of the community to meet its, uh, its goals, whether that's governmental, um, uh, NGOs, um, businesses, whatever. And one of the things I found in previous lives, and, and I've been doing this sort of thing for a while, is that a lot of times you have smaller businesses, for example, whether that's a nonprofit or a for-profit, they can't go out and hire really expensive consultants. But they can bring a pro project back to our campus. And, and, and think about this, you know, students, we always assign students projects right, in, in so many classes. And when you think about a student, let's just say in a business class, because this is a very large part of what we do, uh, you could assign them a project to develop a, a business plan for a phony business manufacturing widgets. 
or you could assign them to work with a real company to develop a business plan or a strategic marketing plan or, or something else. That's something that benefits that business. The students, students recognize immediately the difference between a, a real-world project and something that's just academic, right? And uh, when they go out to get a job, uh, you know, it, it, imagine the, the, different, the different impact you have when you say, well, I did a project on, on uh, making, uh, making widgets for a fake company versus, well, I worked with this company and helped them do X, Y, and Z. Wow. Who gets the job? Right. So, uh, and, and we do some of that. One of the things I'm really proud of that we do in a, in a lot of our classes, particularly in business uh, and, and, uh, and, and a few other areas, they will embed industry certifications in the confines of the class. So that if you take a class, you get your three credits, but you've also completed a Google or Microsoft certification that one more thing you can put on your resume and use to market yourself because you have some real world skills that companies are really looking for. I love I love the process you outlined of where you are right now, you know, and and listening and and just trying to gather all the information you can. Um, you know, to that end, for someone listening to our conversation today that says, you know, I have a really, I have an idea for where I think LSUS should plug in or where I think they could improve or. Um, What's the best way? What, where should I point someone who's listening today if they want to get in touch with you or your staff about um, things that they see that LSUS could potentially do better or gaps that they could potentially fill in, inside the community? Sure. I, I, I think uh, it, it depends to some extent on, on what kind of collaboration they would envision, right? If it's, it's nonprofit, he, Dr. Heather Carpenter, She's got it all worked out, and um, and she would be anxious to talk to you. In in other areas, we're we're not quite as developed as we are there, uh, but certainly in computer science, they could contact Dr. Richard Watson. He's the chair of the Department of Computer Science. In business, uh, Dr. Mary Lois White, uh, who is the dean of the College of Business, would be a point of contact. And certainly, uh, my office, Kim Ramsey. My chief of staff uh, would be someone who could direct people appropriately. We're still working on this, and and what I if, what I do envision uh, in 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 not not too far down the road is to have um, one or more faculty uh, who are tasked with uh, make, making some of these interactions occur. And and again, I've, I've I have experience doing that at other places, and just in seven months and five days, haven't quite gotten. Up to that point yet. That, that's but it's on. But it's on the list. That's entirely acceptable. <laughs> so I'm gonna shift because uh, I, I thought this was very fascinating. So uh, in preparing for today, I, I, I learned something that I, I found fascinating: that you are a first generation. I am college student. Um, with roughly half of LSUS's undergraduate students self-identifying first generation. Talk to me a little about how the university is taking a proactive role 
and addressing the needs and concerns of this student population. I, I'm so glad you asked that. How much time do we have for this? Yeah, as much we're, as you we, like. We are doing so many things for this population. This and is maybe what, let me just stop real quick. So just define, as you see it, define what first-generation student means. The people out there are going first-generation student. What does that mean? So it means that neither parent uh, graduated with a post-secondary degree. They, neither parent uh, got to get a college degree. And... Um, you know, and, and as you noted, I'm first generation, uh, and this is a population with which I, I really closely, uh, closely resonate, right? My, my parents were World War II generation. Uh, my, my dad, instead of going to college, got a free all-expense trip, uh, paid trip to uh, Europe uh, in Patton's Third Army and all the way across Europe. Um, and so it was very important uh, to my parents that, that I... Um, get to go to college, but they really didn't know what college was. And I think for students today, and it's 60% of our undergraduate students, 60% roughly self-identify as first gen. And um, I'll, I'll just give you uh, one of the most recent things we did. Uh, we started a chapter of Alpha Alpha Alpha, which is the national first generation uh, honor society. And so uh, when uh, when we did that, and this was uh, Angie Pellerin, uh, one of our really dynamic staff members, uh, sent out an email to campus saying, if you'd like to apply, and this includes faculty and staff, uh, here's what you do, and uh, all we need is a check for whatever it was. Uh, I saw the email come through as it came through. I pulled out my checkbook, wrote the check, I ran over to her office, please count me in. Um, I really felt it was important uh, to, to be a, a part of that community. Um, we, we do a lot of things to try to help those students get across the finish line. And um, this, is, this is part of our momentum approach, but it's not only, it's not limited to our momentum approach. So uh, we, you know, we tell students when they come here, um, if you're first generation, most of you are. You belong here. We chose you because we believe you have what it takes to get a degree from LSU Shreveport. And we're going to do what it takes to help you to do that. And, and, I, and I'd like to tell students, um, it, it's really important for them to know that everybody hits, hits a wall at some point in college. Uh, almost everybody, I should say, right? And, and I remember the day I hit my wall. And... Uh, and, and I couldn't go to my parents and say, well, I did really, really poorly in, a, uh, in, in an upper-level math class, the first upper-level math class I took, and I did incredibly poorly in the first test. I won't tell you how poorly. It was bad. And I, I went to that professor, uh, tail between my legs, uh, thinking, who am I fooling? Uh, you know, what do I... You know, how can I possibly be getting a math degree? I'm not cut out for this. This is, you know, and, and I remember him. I still remember this day, and it's been, a lot of, it's been a lot of decades. And I remember him looking at me and pointing, his, wagging his finger at me. I can remember that part, saying, you can do this, but you're going to have to change the way you do things. And he, he watched after me for the rest of my college career, urged me to go to graduate school. And in fact, uh, when, I went to when I went off to graduate school after I'd been accepted, he wrote a letter 
to the graduate committee at the University of Delaware, where I went, and said, so glad you accepted Bob. Now, here are the places he's a little weak. And he was right. So he followed me right into graduate school. I want, and I think a lot of our faculty and staff are right there, I want us all to be that, that same professor for our first generation students. And, and we have a lot of uh, support for students, first generation or no, um, to try to help them to uh, connect their, uh, their, the major they're interested in with an eventual career, with what they might do. Make sure they understand everybody hits bumps in the road. Here's how you get over it. And, and, I, and I, in my mind, it's part of my desire to pay forward what other people did for me. It's extraordinary. It, it's, uh, it, it makes it worth getting out of bed in the morning, you know? <laughs> Definitely. Well, those, are, those were my set questions today. It, as I told you before we started, we have all the time in the world. If there's anything you want to mention, discuss, explain, or what have you, please, um, please feel free. Well, I think the only thing I, uh, I want to add is uh, LS, LSU Shreveport is an extraordinary institution. And uh, I've, I've heard someone say, well, it's a hidden gem. I don't, I don't want to be a hidden gem. I don't think we are hidden. Uh, but I, I want to make sure that we, we get, the, get the word out across this community and across the state uh, that, that we're an extraordinary place, extraordinary place that transforms the lives of students in a very fundamental way. And um, if, if, if that doesn't make it worth coming into work in the morning, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what is. And um, as, I, as I mentioned to you, our online students will frequently come back to Shreveport because they want, to, we had some I met, uh, I met uh, last fall who had come to Shreveport, let's, one from Hawaii, one from the Philippines, two from Nigeria, um, from Los Angeles, San Diego, New York City, and they came for commencement just so they could meet some of the, some of the faculty who had, uh, had instructed them for a couple of years. And I think that tells you just, uh, just how high quality our programs are and what we're able to do for those students. And I, and I really think change, change their lives. And so um, I, I also want to invite uh, the business community and the nonprofit community to, to come to LSUS for some of our events, um, to, you know, to engage with us and, and let us help you with, with challenges that you see. Because we have a tremendous amount of expertise, whether it's in cybersecurity uh, or nonprofit studies or, or whatever it happens to be. Uh, we have incredible expertise among our faculty and, and our students uh, are, um, again, great resources to work with, with those, those companies, too. Well, I've been incredibly impressed uh, through my interactions with Einar and Dr. Carpenter. We also had Dr. Kena Franklin on here. Been very impressed through all my interactions with Dr. Franklin. I actually um, I, I host a quarterly film club at the Norton Art Gallery, and Dr. Franklin is is, is going to co-host the next um, event in two weeks Great. with us. So um, I, I, I just echo everything you said. I've been very impressed with everything I've seen at LSUS, and uh, I'm very grateful that you're here. And 
um, just keep going. Well, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Doc. Take care. You too.